And we will begin in five, four, three, two, one. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thank you for listening to Your Working Life, my podcast series featuring thought leaders in the career and personal growth arena. You spend a significant portion of your life at work, so my goal is to provide you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. And I am delighted to welcome my very special guest to the show today, Paul David Walker. Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to yeah, I'm so excited to dive into a conversation about your new book, but let me tell our listening audience all about you. Paul David Walker is one of the early innovators of leadership consulting and coaching at the executive level. For more than 30 years, he has successfully guided the CEOs and senior executive teams of such Fortune 500 and mid-sized companies as New York Life, Mutual of Omaha, Chase GIS, Finance One Pacific Mutual, Rockwell International, Connexus Systems, Harrods, Ann Klein, Union Pacific, Starkist, The City of Long Beach, and many, many more. He is also the author of Unleashing Genius, Leading Yourself, Teams, and Corporations. But today we're going to dive into his wonderful new book, Invent Your Future. Starting with your calling. Okay, Paul, as a career coach, I hear this a lot. How do you know when you've identified your calling? What is a calling? Your calling is, is not what you do. It's how you do it and who you are. Love it. All right. So in my work, I find that everyone has an essential set of energies. And those generally come in threes, just like... Uh, mind, body, spirit, mm -hmm. man, child, sort of the whole structure of the world we live in is based on threes, two, combined to create a third reality. So your calling is knowing those three essential energies and then learning how to uh, make them part of your everyday life, learning how to integrate them into your business life or personal life, either way. And you just become more authentic to who you are and takes practice like anything else because what happens to us during a loss of innocence, we lose track of who we are. We lose track of those essential elements and build up a personality that's basically designed to protect ourselves from harm and generally in response to harm that we had early in life or even as an adult. But that's not who we are, you know, that's just a shadow. Well put. Well put, Paul. So I'd love to tap you in your expertise as a coach working with executives. How do you get your clients to that moment of self-actualization? And, and it's a journey. It, it doesn't happen quickly, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, they usually come to me because they have a business problem. Mm. Uh have a strategic problem, they have a problem motivating their team, they have a problem increasing sales. But once I start with them, particularly the CEOs, the leaders, I, I say, you know, I need to get to know you. I need to get to know who you are if I'm going to coach you. Yeah. So what, what I would like you to do is tell me your life story 
starting with your earliest memories, right? Back at childhood, your highs, your moments of bliss and excitement when you were in the zone, and your lows, the things that were some of the worst things that ever happened to you in your life. And the reason I'm asking for this is, one, I want you to practice being at your highs, at your best. And two, I want you to practice mitigating all the things that come from the things that have hurt you, the personality that you've put forward that do not support you. I love that because it really requires one to get quiet and listen and be still. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I bring them to my little retreat center here, which is beautiful and big soft chairs that I have. Ah. Peaceful music playing in the background on a screensaver with be beautiful pictures in nature. And we live on a peninsula surrounded by three sides, by the ocean and the bay. And it's very peaceful. You walk through a big wooden gate and you close the gate and you're in a different world. Ah, I'm with you in spirit already. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, Paul, tell me, once you help someone identify their calling, and I, I say help because I realize you, you can't. Yeah identify it for them but you but you might bring them through that journey with with exercises and coaching so once they have identified their calling how do you work with them to integrate it into their lives and their and their careers okay so uh first i practice with them between me and them okay so i have them start to answer questions from that point of view i'll uh, do uh, I'll teach them some kind of meditative technique so that they can kind of relax and fall into it and get a feeling for it. I have them tell me stories in the process and after the process of times when they were at their best, when they were in the zone. And, and when they tell me those stories, they kind of come back to it. They uh, re-experience those peak moments in their life. And then I ask them to kind of reflect on that. What's that like? And, and the big question I ask is, so during that peak moment, were your results better or worse than normal? Ah, wonderful. And I bet that's a game changer. It's a game changer as well. It's five times better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to practice getting you into this state. The first step is discovering it. Mm-hmm. Second step is now we got to practice here. We'll practice here. And the third step is, okay, now we have to integrate it into your leadership and your life. So in the book, you, you write so beautifully about painting compelling pictures of your mission. Can you yeah. unpack that a bit? Yes. So first of all, I will, once they've identified their calling, I will have them, and, and it's not just a word like being intuitive or... right pattern recognition, there's a whole feeling. So I have them paint a verbal picture of each of those three elements, right? So they have this picture in their mind, and I have them read it to themselves every day, every morning, and every evening. So a bit of an affirmation. Yeah. Now, in addition, one of the key things in my book so that's the personal level. Well, on the business level, then they're going to have problems with their company. They all, everyone does. And one of the things that I've discovered 
working with leaders all these years, 30 years to be exact, is you cannot create something you cannot conceive. Yes, yes. Okay. So whatever the problem is or the solution is that they want to lead for their life, right, for their team, for their company, for their family, I have them work on painting a compelling picture first for themselves, then for the people who are following them of that future state. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What will happen? How will we all benefit from this? I was just met for lunch today with a one of my CEOs talking about that. He's president of a bank, and uh, you know, he has a picture in his head about how he wants things to be. But he's going to have to communicate that picture in a in a compelling manner that people who follow him want to be that too. Mm. And it does impact others in our lives. So you also talk about building commitment. Yeah. Well, you know, we all get committed to things and, you know, want to lose weight or whatever people want to do. And then somehow we slide back into our habits, our habitual patterns in life. And so once you get someone committed to either your calling, their calling, the calling of the business, you have to keep working on it with people. And you have to keep, you know, back in the day, one of the phrases was catch someone doing something right or catch them doing something approximately right. <laughs> Don't wait for perfection, okay? And, and what you're doing is, is you're helping them build commitment to that picture, to that goal that, that they want. But, you know, we're human, you know, we're not perfect, we're not robots, and so we, we tend to slide, and a good leader will catch people doing something right or approximately right, and they will reinforce the picture, the benefits, when they, people succeed. And when they don't succeed, they do the opposite. They say, does that, does that fit what we're trying to do here? Mm, yeah. Right? And... So commitment is a continuous process. I mean, I'm always growing. I'm always learning. I read a lot. I, you know, I use mentors. And uh, change is tough. We're habitual creatures. It is. It is. I have to say, Paul, I'm so thrilled that you said that you have mentors in your life. And likewise, I think we, we never grow out of the opportunity to learn and grow and develop. And I, too, have coaches and mentors, even as a fellow coach. So thank you for saying that. I think it's so important. So many individuals out there think it's too late or they might be too old to be coached or to have a mentor. And I think everybody has room for growth. It is never too late. I've been at a lot of deathbeds, and I've known some people who did wait till last week, and that's really sad. Yeah. But I remember the moment when I was working with one of my mentors, Sidney Banks, who a Scottish guy who had one of these uh, enlightening experiences, and he was a teacher, and literally being around him made you high. Mm. I mean, I mean he, was, he was a real, you know, self-realized master. And I remember we were sitting at, in a restaurant and talking about these things, and he leans over the table, and he looks me in the eye and says, Paul, he says, I want you to know that, that, that I am growing into this understanding every day and that there is no limit, Paul, no limit 
to how much you can expand and grow as a being in this world. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. No limit. It doesn't matter how old you are. Not at all. Not at all. So let's talk about the moment. Mindfulness is very popular right now. It seems to be a catchphrase. And you address something so beautiful about how instead of reacting to the present moment, how we should respond. Can you you share more about that? Yeah. So when we react, it tends to be habitual behavior. We go back to our fears. We go back to our limitations and the things our ego put up. The example I always use, I work with the fire department here in Long Beach, and I'll ask them when I first started working with them, I say, so did you ever as a child put your hand in a flame and just to see what it was like? And of course, most of them go, yeah. <laughs> well, what was it like? Oh, geez, it was painful. So what did your ego tell you after that? And they go, well, don't do don't that do again. again. <laughs> uh, they were done with fire. You know, then you decide to become a fireman. So what was your ego doing the first time, even though it was a drill, even though it was a fake burning building, even though you had protective gear on, you had to run into this burning building? Well, it went crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But those protective outfits will melt. Right. So it's an adjustment process. This is the response, right? You want to be a fireman. you got to run into burning buildings. Your ego's telling you you're crazy. But you go, no, I'm only crazy if the temperature gets over 250 degrees, right? Right? So your ego is always trying to draw you back. Now, that's an extreme example. But the worst part of it is when it's these subtle things that are, oh, you're not good enough, or you can't do that, or who are you? You know, Who are you, Paul, to write books? Who are you to coach CEOs that are making millions of dollars, you know? (laughs) Who are you? That's your ego. That's pulling you back. When you respond, it's not habitual. You're responding to your passion, your vision, what you want to create, what's happening in the moment. You're responding to the flow of cause and effect in the moment, but from your intent to create something greater than yourself, greater than the two people that are in the room or the team of people. That's the difference. So, Paul, let's talk about the title of your book, which is Invent Your Future. How do we get started? Because that's a journey, and what a wonderful opportunity to give ourselves permission to invent our own future. Yeah, well, we start with our calling. The best example I have is, is life is like, see, we live in California, so maybe this analogy won't work in the Midwest, but life is like a wave that, that a surfer catches. Mm-hmm. It's coming at you, and you have to first pick the right wave. If it's too big for your skills, for your present level of understanding, you may be drowned. Mm-hmm. If it's too small, it'll be boring and not very powerful. So first of all, you have to pick something that's in in sync with your calling, with who you are, right? My 
Remember I talked to you about the three essences? My yes. first essence is kindness and compassion. Right? I, I literally can't hurt anyone. Right? So these people trust me. My second one is insight, pattern recognition. I can see people. I can see the things they're hiding behind their mask of fear. And the third one is inspiration. I, I inspire people to exceed their own expectations. So the flow of cause and effect, imagine that wave, you picked exactly the right wave. And that wave has a sweet spot. A spot in the wave where it catapults you forward perfectly. But you know what? That sweet spot changes as the wave approaches the shore. And you've got to be able to feel that sweet spot and keep changing as your life evolves. As your skills grow. As you become more of who you are. So you're inventing the future, you know, if... The, Surfers in a surfing contest, he's inventing, he's trying to win a championship. But the key is to feel the sweet spot in the flow of cause and effect in this moment. That's how you invent the future because it is a, you know, genius in my other book. Genius is conscious collaboration with the flow of cause and effect. The word genius comes from the Roman god, genius, which was an air, which was an energy, which was the life force. And so knowing your genius is knowing your own life force, knowing who you are and synchronizing it with the world around you, with the flow of cause and effect. That's what genius is. And once you figure it out, honestly, Carolyn, Life is just a joy. It's just, it's, it becomes a lot simpler. I can hear it. I can hear the energy in your voice. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, Paul, let's, let's close with talking about well-being. I'm sure that you work with so many CEOs and executives that are at the top of their game, but living a frazzled life, uh, being pulled in many different directions, and perhaps... Some of the coaching you do is to help them find well-being and meaning in the process. You talk about this in the book. Walk us through that a bit. Yeah, so if you're being yourself and doing what I just said, you know, going consciously, collaborating with the flow of cause and effect, and, and, and you know who you are at the very deepest level, your level of well-being just goes up. One, you know, Gallup did a study on engagement and yes. productivity. And, well, you are completely engaged with the moment. You're completely engaged with yourself. And you're completely engaged with your intent or vision for the future. And when you are, you don't stress. You don't use a lot of energy. One of the guys in my book works with uh, kids from... South Central mentors uh, teenagers from the ghetto, mm -hmm. and uh, and he's working constantly day and night. But he never runs out of energy. People say, "Well, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn." He says, "No, I'm not. 
I love what I'm doing. I love every minute of this. This is who I am. Stress goes away. Stress is when there's a gap between your expectations and present reality. That's what sucks your energy. So his work energizes him. Excuse me? His work energizes him. Totally energizes him. Yeah. As does mine. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. And, you know, I could be doing anything. You know, I could be a gardener or uh, an entertainer or an architect. You know, I don't have the skills for being an architect or an entertainer. But it's because I'm bringing who I am to the moment. Mastering inner stillness and riding the flow of life. And this is reality. This is not one of my mentors was a sports psychologist who taught professional athletes to be in the zone. Mm. Professional baseball, professional football. His name was Gary Mack. And it's a brutal sport, football. And people stay in, stay in, stay in, stay in, way beyond their physical capabilities because the feeling of being part of a team and being able to get into the zone is everything. But you don't have to be playing football to, to get into the zone, to be part of something. So true. We can find our own zone. Paul David Walker, what a joy to have you on the show. Your book is Invent Your Future, starting with your calling. Tell us how we can buy the book and, and find you online. Well, you can go to my uh, website, uh, com. You can go to Amazon or iBooks and, and get the book online. Um, and on my website, of course, I have other books. I'm also a poet. I have three books of poetry there. So it's an unusual combination. You're a renaissance man. Fantastic. <laughs> Paul, thank you so much. I am delighted to have you on the show, and I learned so much today, and I'm, I'm grateful for your time and your energy and your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in to Your Working Life, where my goal is to help you design your career destiny so it doesn't happen by default. Career and life satisfaction is possible, and it's time to embrace what you love doing so you can do more of it. My show is now available on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, and Stitcher. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Take good care.